Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to episode six of Enter the Void. I want to talk about something that has been really bothering me lately, and maybe you all feel the same. I have been feeling like I am doomed, like we are doomed, and there's just no point anymore. Um, if you've been following any current events, you know that uh, things are wild, as always, but it seems like there's there's just a lot of crazy stuff going on. And part of me wants to talk about those things specifically that are going on. Um, but then the other part of me thinks that eh, maybe that would defeat the point of this episode today. And I'll explain why. But for now, I think I'm probably going to skip over all the things that are happening. If you want to know what's really going on in the world to some extent, TikTok is probably the best place to be right now. So I would get a TikTok account and just search. Um, yeah, just look around, poke around, see what's going on. Lots of crazy things. I will say the the types of things that are going on ranges from uh, lots of countries dropping our currency in favor of another currency, which puts us in an even worse position as the United States. Um, really evil companies sneaking horrible things into our food. Um, all of the media being controlled by the same few ultra-rich people that just want to control everybody. The list goes on. Uh, the reason why I bring this up is I have been fairly heavily involved in consuming this kind of content. And it is turning me into, it's making me paranoid. And, you know, I, I'm in a place in my life where I'm finally pursuing things with passion and, you know, I'm, I'm staying fairly consistent with it. And I, I just, you know, I like what I'm setting out to accomplish and I, I like the process. And then, you know, you have these horrible things happening in the world all over the place and it just makes you feel like there's, there's no point, like everything is just a lost cause. And what's worse is that I'm the type of person that wants to do something about it. I want to, I want to help. I want to stop injustice and I, I want to bring people together. And every time I see a video about what's going on, it just makes me want to get up and go out and do something about it. And it's like, what are you going to do? You're one person. And it takes a willingness of people to wake up and a willingness to sacrifice their comfort and their safety in order to have true freedom. I've been thinking a lot lately about how you cannot have freedom and safety. You have to choose. There's always a choice. Maybe you can have a little bit of one, a little bit of another. But ultimately, if you want true freedom, you're going to sacrifice your safety. If you want true safety, 
then you're going to sacrifice your freedom. And when somebody comes along and says that they're doing this to keep you safe, chances are they're, the fine print in that statement is that they are going to be removing some of your freedom. So it's just a lot. And I actually want to you know, relate this to some other things in human history because I think that that might help us better understand why this is the case. Again, if you do agree or relate with what I'm talking about, where whenever you see all this crazy stuff happening, it really just gets you down like really hard and it, it sucks out any sort of motivation. Um, it just makes it really difficult to like do what you know you need to do and do what you should do, which is continue to, you know, treat yourself right and be healthy and, you know, treat yourself right mentally, whether it's, you know, yoga or prayer or church or, um, brain games or, you know, whatever it is, um, working on your career, uh, you know, channeling your energy into a hobby that, that brings you peace, that makes you happier, that helps other people. Like these are things that, you know, being patient with your kids and, and teaching them what you believe is, is true. This feeling of impending doom can really screw up a lot of those plans. And I've been really struggling with that this past week because I, you know, I, I started work um, recently with, with a new endeavor and you know I'm, I'm building my own business and it's just it takes a lot of focus and every single time I give my attention to current events it makes me not even want to do it anymore it's like what's the point there's there's no point if if our dollar for instance is pretty much worth nothing what's the point if there are other countries actively working to take down our country and our country is really not doing anything about it, what's the point, you know? So like you can, you can point toward all these current events and just be like, eh, what's the point of me doing this little thing in my life or this big thing in my life? And that's what I've been struggling with is trying to like keep my eye on the ball and, and remember like I can't change any of this stuff. Because I am not in a position of power. Now, what I mean is I can't change any of those things on a large scale, right? I, I can affect my community. I can affect the people around me. But again, like, it's hard to try to convince people to get up and do something. People have to find it within themselves to be willing to to be willing to not be controlled and to be willing to open their eyes and question everything that they know. Sometimes you question everything you know and some of the things you thought you knew turn out to be true and you still believe them. And other things you realize were totally wrong. And it... It just takes a, um, it takes doing it 
and being willing to do that yourself. And there's nothing anyone can tell you that's going to make you suddenly be willing to question your reality. Things are not as they seem. And that sounds like a statement that everyone can get behind. But there's a lot of people that don't actually get behind that statement. Things are not as they seem. Government, education, religion, you name it, technology. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on behind the scenes. And it really just takes a, it takes something within you. So I say this because, you know, I was talking with my wife yesterday and I, I was really struggling with this and it was causing me to be really negative and I don't like to be negative. I have worked really hard the past, you know, few years to be a, you know, to be positive and to just have a solution-based mindset because I used to just be, you know, woe is me. And, you know, I had some good reasons to feel like sad and negative, but I've ultimately, that's the weirdest way I've ever said that word. I've ultimately come to the realization that like my situation and my attitude and the way that I feel it's my fault. Alex Hormozzi uh, said something really interesting. He says that the, and maybe he wasn't the original person to say it, but I saw something on YouTube and he said, power follows the blame finger. So wherever you point and say, oh, it's that, it's that person's fault. It's their fault. It's the fault of this thing. And you're pointing out the power follows that finger. You're giving people power over yourself when you say, oh, it's someone else's fault that I'm in this position. And sometimes it may be true, but it's still not helpful. It's not helpful for you to point a finger and and even if it's truthful and say, oh, it's this person's fault that this happened because you're not giving yourself the power to do something about it, to change it. And so I was, you know, talking with my wife about this and one thing that we mentioned is that it is you really have two choices if if you're the type of person that wants to do something to change the world in some way then you really only have two choices you can either spend your time trying to convince everybody to change or you can spend your time and effort changing yourself. You can either try to convince everybody or you can lead by example. But if you try to do both, your energy is being split and it's and it's being there's definitely some energy leakage there. And that's the thing is two of our most finite resources are energy and you could maybe put attention and focus into that category and time and attention and focus also go into that, that category, right? So like energy and time are 
our finite resources. None of us have an infinite amount of it, is at least as far as we know. So you have to be very, very careful about where you allocate your time and your energy. And, you know, I'm, I'm in this mode of my life where I'm like, I got to be doing, doing, doing all these productive things. And when I sit down for a minute and I'm not doing something productive, I feel bad about it. And that's not healthy either. But overall, like you do have to be very careful about where you put your time and energy. And that, that is still true when it comes to the people that you spend time with and put energy into. That's a whole other topic, but what am I getting at? We basically concluded yesterday as we were talking that you can't change the world. You can only change your world. And that's something that my wife said. And it's really, really, it's really cool. I remember being, you know, 14, 15, 16 and thinking, oh, I was going to change the world with my music. And it's like... (laughs) You're ridiculous. You're not going to change the world with your music. Your music is not going to stop horrible people from doing horrible things. But the people that it touches, the community that you create around you, you can have an impact there. So you can change your world. And so you really, if you want to change your world, you have two ways to go about it. You can either try to convince everybody to change, to do what you think is best or just do what is best. Or you can just work on yourself and build yourself up to a point where people will look up to you as an example. There are a million reasons why somebody could look up to somebody. And you can build yourself into a, a beacon that, that shines a light to people that need an example. So I want to relate this back to the early days of humanity, right? We've all pretty much established by now that we were hunters and gatherers. In, in little tribes, in little communities, right? And we would just kind of wander around and we would collect food, whether it was hunting for it or you know berries or whatever it might be. The reason why I want to tie this back to the early days of humanity is because I have a burning question. Why does everything feel so heavy now? Why does everything seem so dark? And why do I feel like we're all doomed? Would we have felt the same way back in our tribal times as humans, where all of us were were tribal We had small communities of people. We would all rely on each other for everything that we needed. And we had everything that we needed. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. (laughs) Humanity wouldn't exist still to this day if we weren't able to provide each other with everything that we needed. If we 
all did our best and contributed as much as we could and supported each other, and that wasn't enough, then we wouldn't be here. So we were obviously doing something right. And I wonder, I ask myself, when something bad happened in those days, you only knew about it if it was in your community, if it happened right where you were. Why? Because we didn't have phones. We didn't have technology. You can consider, you know, a flint strapped to a a long pole as technology. It's a spear. It's technology, but you guys know what I mean. So we did not have the ability to see every bad thing that was happening everywhere all at once. We just didn't. So if you're living in a good community around good people, whatever good really meant back then, I, in my mind that means everyone is doing their part and providing for each other. And yes, like biologically speaking, the, the men and older boys would go out and hunt and the women and girls would stay home and they would do other really important things they would probably talk they would they would learn language they would tend for the you know the campsite and the children and gather food and so all of the and, and probably you know assemble new things like whether it's little cots or um or like structures or you know whatever it is i don't know a ton about tribal times but yeah I mean we were all doing our part and you got to choose who who you were around in a sense because if there was somebody that was being um, was endangering the community or the tribe what did they do with them they'd probably either throw them out or kill them not that that's the best solution, but it's the least complicated one for sure. A complicated thing is a, a justice system with prisons and a million different laws and subcodes in the laws. And I mean, that's all really complicated and maybe it's necessary for modern times. But back then, I mean, the easiest thing to do is throw them to the wolves or, you know, do the job yourself. Or punish them in some way so they stop acting like a dummy. So, yeah, we were, my wife and I were talking yesterday and we were talking about how unnatural it is for us humans to be able to see all these horrible things that are happening everywhere all at once. So imagine you're in a a fairly healthy tribe of people and you're you're repopulating well you're all well fed and your shelters are doing what they're supposed to do your kids are growing up nice and strong and and smart and then every five seconds a you know a bird 
because literally this is how fast we can flip through videos, right? A bird every five seconds drops a, a, you know, a piece of paper down or a pictograph or something. And everybody in the village sees, oh, hey, the village, you know, 50 miles over, um, wolves came in and killed all of their children. And their children are just like, they're all dead. Or, uh, oh, that village down there, or that tribe, you know, 100 miles away, uh, they all have this horrible sickness. Or, hey, that tribe, a 1,000 miles away, they have like solid structures and they're not, they're not roaming anymore and they are like farming things. And you're sitting over here going out every single day to get food. I mean, it just every five seconds, something's dropping where you're learning more and more and more about everyone else's tribe. The world gets a lot bigger and a lot scarier really quick. How hard would that make it for them to focus on their own tribe and focus on the hand they've been dealt and focus on coming together as a team, as a community, as a family, and do what they need to do to thrive. Because there is nothing that they personally can do to help that village 100 miles south that's dying of some horrible disease. There's nothing they can do about that. We want to do something because I think that we are naturally, as humans, we're actually... Our nature is good. That is something that Christianity doesn't teach. We're, you're taught in Christianity that the natural man is an enemy to God. And I have found from my personal experience that that I, I don't believe that. I believe that we're inherently good because God created us and God is good, right? Why would God create something that is naturally evil? That doesn't make any sense. And, and why would your why would the place that you're put into, like planet Earth, suddenly make a good natured being a bad natured being? That's a that's a whole other rabbit hole. But my point is that we're good deep down, most of us, and we want to help. We want to make a positive impact. But there are times when you need to realize that there's nothing that you can do. And in fact, worrying about those things is doing more harm than good because you're neglecting the now. You're neglecting your community. You're sacrificing your world, getting caught up in these fantasies of saving everyone else's world. And you can't. Now, when you get to a certain point in life, when you are in a position where you have a certain level of influence, yeah, you can totally reach into and touch other people's worlds and communities and impact them in a way. But again, you cannot force anybody to do anything, not, not in a good way. So... 
the thing that I've been struggling with is that I have been allowing myself to chase this dream every single time. And it's a quick, you know, it's a quick cycle, but it's exhausting nonetheless. I've been allowing myself to chase this dream, this idea that somehow I can go out in the street and fix all of these things that are happening. And it, I can't. It's frustrating because we have, quote, social media where we should be able to be more social and it should be easier for us to come together and organize and enact some sort of change. But it's actually harder because everything is censored and everything is controlled and the people that want to remain in power are doing everything they can to keep us fighting each other instead of the real problem. And to keep us misinformed and thinking that we're the enemy instead of them. And it's a battle that is going to be very, very difficult for us to win. Simply because the information is under almost complete control by people who do not have us in their best interest. So when you ask yourself the question, what's the point? You should be asking yourself that about caring about all of these things that are happening. You know, the, the term empath has become more popular. And there's a reason for it. Because people that are becoming aware of everything that's happening, of all these horrible things, and, and people that actually have empathy for others that are going through these terrible things, whether it's an earthquake in Haiti or a hurricane in Florida. We, I think naturally it's going to happen if people are more and more aware, if they're being fed all these horrible things that are happening all over the planet to all types of people and you're a person that has empathy, yeah, like you're going to start to feel like an empath, like our modern definition of an empath. Because it's, it's impossible to not feel like absolute garbage that you can't do anything about it. It's impossible for you to feel hopeless when you're focusing on those things. Now, does that mean that anytime someone outside of your world is struggling, you just turn a blind eye? No, that's not what I'm saying. If there is something that you can do directly to make an impact then you should do it. But keep in mind to not neglect your community, the people around you. I want to paint a little, a little picture to help you understand what I mean by that. I'm sure you probably already understand what I mean, but just to drive my point further... So let's say that I'm struggling financially, right? And I don't have a whole lot of money to begin with and groceries are really expensive. And let's say that I am trying to build a career that if I achieve what I want to achieve, I will be able to have a massive impact on a lot of people in a lot of different communities. 
but right now I'm financially struggling. And I go to Walmart and I buy the groceries that I need. <laughs> and it's it's a struggle because we all know groceries right now are ridiculously expensive. I remember when I moved out in 2017, I could buy two weeks worth of groceries for myself for $25. And now my wife and I are spending over $100 a week. Easy. And we eat fairly healthy and we eat a lot of whole foods. Like we're not buying a bunch of like packaged stuff that costs extra and fills you up less. Like we're eating whole foods and it's still costing over $100 a week. Easy. Absolutely wild. So you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Groceries are super expensive. And let's say I'm financially struggling. I check out at Walmart and there's a little thing that comes up that says donate a dollar to St. Jude, right? Or donate five or $10 to St. Jude. What do you do? Is it morally wrong for you to say no? I'm not going to donate to that. Because there's a lot of people I would I would anticipate would say, yeah, that's that's wrong. Because those kids that have cancer have it worse than you do. And it is your moral obligation, moral obligation to to donate, to help them out. Okay, so let me ask you, do you know for yourself for sure that if you donate a dollar at Walmart while you're checking out groceries, that that dollar is going to go directly to a child with cancer, either to their medical bill or to cover the cost of new technology that will you know, help further research? Let me ask you another question. Do you really believe that after thousands of years of humanity that we have not found a cure for cancer yet? Do you really believe that? Because when you realize that cancer as a, as a sub, I'm going to say subgenre of the medical slash pharmaceutical industry is a multi-billion dollar subsector. You really think that they're going to just put a cure out when there's that much money at stake? You wouldn't be able to sell the cure for enough money to make up for how much money these companies make from treatments, from treating people with cancer. And then you have to ask yourself, how much of the food that I'm buying right now as I'm being asked to donate to St. Jude is raising my, probabil my probability of getting cancer because all of the food that we eat is hot garbage. Even the produce that we eat has fractions of the nutrients that produce did hundreds of years ago. not to mention all the pesticides, and, and, and. So now it comes down to, okay, I don't really know where that dollar's going. I don't trust where that dollar is going. And I have a personal mission 
to help people in my own unique way, and I am financially struggling right now. And I believe that if I focus on myself and do everything I can to achieve what I want to achieve, I will be able to help people on a much grander scale in a much more personal and unique way that aligns with the gifts that I've been given, that I will be able to do that and that will be much more impactful than donating a dollar here and there to something that I don't even know where it's going to go. So let me ask you again, is it morally wrong to not donate? Maybe you have a different answer. In my mind, that's a perfect example of focusing on your community. Now, if there's somebody you know, right, who has a kid that has cancer and they start a GoFundMe to help with the medical bills, is it morally wrong to not donate then? Well, that's a pretty impossible question to answer. But would it be more appropriate at that point for you to, even if you're financially struggling, to say, hey, like, I love these people. I know them. They're in my community. Then, yeah, like, that makes a little more sense. It's a, it's a tough question to answer. But the question today is, are we doomed? So I want to paint another picture. Let's imagine that we do not have phones. Let's just imagine that, that phones, AI, computers, whatever, every it just disappears, right? We live in modern life and... We don't have any way to digitally communicate anymore. No email, nothing. It's all gone. How doomed are you really going to feel? How dark is everything going to look? Because now you have no choice but to connect with the people directly around you. Right now, in modern society, what I've noticed, at least, is people don't really have relationships with their neighbors anymore the way that we used to. I, I even remember back in the early 2000s when I was a kid, it seemed like neighbors knew each other a little better. Now it's like, everybody leave me alone. I don't want to deal with this. And I get it. Religion, politics, everything has polarized us and made us enemies. Yeah, of course it's scary to talk to your neighbor now. What if they're on the right or on the left? Or what if they're Christian? Or what if they're atheist? list goes on. And you're not that thing. Are they going to hate me? Deep down, no. But maybe outwardly it may seem like that because we've all been conditioned to hate people that think and act differently than us. But what if it all just went away? You would either have the choice of being extremely lonely and isolated or build a community like humans are supposed to. We're good at community. 
the the only the only you know there's a couple animals that are maybe better at it than us even naturally right because i i don't think that we are naturally um reaching our full potential for for what we are capable of community wise i think that our economic situation is a perfect example of why that's the case or it's a it's a manifestation of that right you have honeybees and ants which are they're incredibly organized and on the same page. Ant hills are so intricate and every single ant has a job to carry out. But it's also a dictatorship. <laughs> you have a queen bee, you have a queen ant, right? And I think that humans are are more uh or more intelligent especially emotionally and that we don't like that. It's like, I don't want to do what somebody else wants me to do. I want to do what I want to do. Right. So we're, we're free spirits in that way. And that's why having a, a system like ants and bees do, although it would be very organized in a very well oiled machine. I don't know if we'd actually be happy by our definition, but that, that example aside, like, Humans are really good at community. When we are in a position where we're allowed to be. And that's the problem with our phones. It's supposed to be social media. And, and you guys have all seen it. Every, like probably on Instagram, Facebook, somewhere on social media, you've probably seen in quotes like anti-social media. And it, it's kind of true. Yes, you can stay in contact with people that are thousands of miles away. You know, I have a I have a friend who makes music in Australia and love the guy. And it's so cool that we've been able to meet and collaborate and like you know, <laughs> it's crazy. Um that wouldn't exist without social media. I wouldn't know that he exists without social media. And that's the beautiful part of it. But the dark side of it is that everything you see can be like, there are people that can control every single thing that you see. It's very easy to get stuck in an echo chamber where you're not exposed to new ideas, where your, your way of thinking and your perception of reality is never challenged. It's only enforced or reinforced. And you see every horrible thing that's happening in the world everywhere, all at once, all the time. When if we didn't have this technology, that would not exist in our world. The only bad things that we would know about are things that happen within our direct community. And that is where you have the power to make change. So it's okay to be aware of the bad things that are happening right in your community, right? Nashville, Tennessee, just recently, there was a school shooting. It was horrible. If we didn't have social media, I wouldn't have known about it at all. Not for a few days, maybe, because if we had no phones, I mean, this school was 15 minutes away from me, which in modern day is like really close by. But shoot, man, if we didn't have phones and cars and computers, 
my neighborhood would probably have a community garden and we would have people that are skilled in some trades that would help, you know, build our structures and we would all just offer something and we'd barter and trade. And I mean, something 15 minutes away, that's, you know, an hour away on foot. And if communities were really tight knit by area, which is kind of what you're forced to do if you don't have cars that can go 80 miles an hour, it would have taken a few days, maybe even a week for the news to spread, if it spread at all. Yet that shooting affected the whole city emotionally. There were, you could feel it. Everything was heavy. And it's absolutely horrible that that happened. And there are people out in the streets to this day trying to do something about it and, and make a change and because it shouldn't have happened. And something has to be changed so that it doesn't happen again. But like it's, I'm, I'm just trying to paint a picture for you guys that even stuff that happens in what you think is your community, in your city, you literally wouldn't know about it most likely if we didn't have some sort of social media, newspaper, radio, whatever. It's only because of these technologies that we are constantly bombarded with this negativity. So again, this doesn't mean turn a blind eye when something bad is happening. What it does mean is be very mindful of what you give your energy to, what you give your focus to, and what you give your time to. Because if you're not careful, it can very quickly take away from your ability to impact the people directly around you. It can take away from the steam that you might have powering you to make a positive change and change your world. And it can very easily lead you away and hold you back from the things that you know you need to accomplish in this life. Maybe this is the only life we get. Maybe it's not. But you got to ask yourself if you know for sure. Some people are religiously convicted and they think, oh, I know for sure this isn't the only life we have. Really? I think you might question that if you had a gun to your head. I know I would. Now I see patterns that I believe are proof that this isn't the only experience we will get. But I could be wrong. And if I am wrong, well, I better make the most of this opportunity, especially if it's the only one we get. And if I continue to allow things that are completely irrelevant to me hold me back, then I won't be able to accomplish what I need to accomplish. And I won't be able to change my world and help the people in it because I'm too busy worried about everybody else's. So the solution for me is I'm going to be very mindful when I get on social media. And I'm going to slip 
and I'm going to struggle at times. When people take a break from social media, it's, uh, you know, typically for a short period of time, right? And you like, you do good and you're like, okay, I think I can handle social media right now. And then your, your habits are fine. You're mindful about it. And then you slip and you slip and you slip. And then you end up in this dark pit where you're seeing all these horrible things happen and you're involved in all this drama, whether it's political or anything else, really. And you just wonder, how did I get here? It's like when you look in the mirror and one day you just realize, shoot, I need a haircut. <laughs> like my hair is getting long. And you just don't realize it until randomly one day, even though it's been growing incrementally every day. And social media is the same way. So, you know, I'm not sitting here on this sixth episode of, of a podcast saying that, you know, I'm just going to be perfect with social media from here on out. But what I am saying is that, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try being more mindful when I get on social media. Instead of getting on social media and scrolling through an explore page or through my homepage feed or through my for you page or whatever it might be or down the the YouTube homepage instead of just scrolling, hey algorithm gods, send me something to watch cuz I'm not being intentional with what I'm actually on this app for. So just send me whatever you want and it's going to send you what gets attention, whether that's uh, something horrible that happened in another country or a train derails in Iowa or Ohio. I'm, I'm going to get backlash for that. <laughs> I always mix the two states up. So give me, a, give me some mercy. Um, yeah, whatever it is that gets a ton of attention, it's just going to feed it to you. And if you've proven to the algorithm that you like the, you know, you like consuming things that are just horrible and, and make you feel bad and make you feel hopeless, it's going to feed you more of that. So instead, before I open a social media app, I'm going to ask myself, hey, what's my goal here? Why am I feeling inclined to click on this? Do I want to check a message from somebody? All right. You have five seconds to check if they responded. Are you wanting to learn something? Okay, then go immediately to the search bar and search for what you want to know. Because if you just get on there without intention, you're going to doom scroll. And not only is it going to suck the life out of you, it's going to completely rid you of any sort of energy and, and passion that you have because your dopamine has been shot because that's what social media does. It's literally feeding off of attention and you have a finite amount. Not only is it going to do that, but it's just going to waste so much of your time. I waste so much of my time on my phone. And I don't want to do that because that's time that I could be spending changing my world. So a special thanks to my wife for that brilliant statement as we were talking yesterday. You cannot change the world. But if you focus and you're intentional, you sure as hell can change yours. Thank you for listening. I love you all. And I will see you next Sunday.